In Season 2, Episode 2, we chat with J.B. Bethay about overcoming obstacles to becoming an actor and now a speaking coach. Listen to what J.B., the speaking pro, shares his sage advice on being present, taking action, and having no delay has propelled him to where he is today. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Power of Investing in People podcast. I am your host, Shay Sparks. I have found the secret to transforming trauma into treasure. We start by choosing to invest in ourselves first, and then it overflows onto others. By sharing how we have overcome our obstacles, we ignite a tiny spark of hope, love, connection, and community in other people. And when we ignite that spark, the whole world lights up. And that's the power of investing in people. Just imagine what you could ignite when you invest in yourself first. Welcome to the Power of Investing in People podcast. Today, my guest is the amazing and awesome JB Bethay. Welcome to the show, JB. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate that. So for those of you who don't know, JB Bethay is an actor from Prison Break who speaks on topics ranging from mindset, confidence, sales, and alignment. As a public speaking coach, he works with entrepreneurs, pre-celebrities, and companies needing to build a unified culture. You'll currently find him writing and producing a show for Broadway, and also speaking on the same stage as Tom Billyhu spoke on and Forbes Riley from the 10X conference with Grant Cardone. Also, he is speaking in California at the 2019 Tag Talk conference. You can contact JB at JB at jbthespeakingpro.com for more information. So, JB, thank you for being here today, and I'm so glad we got connected on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Took a lot of, um, you did a great job reaching out and making it happen. That was really good, good moves on your part. Well, I so appreciate the lives that you do every day at noon. And it really just gives so much information for people who are out there trying to be a speaker and really market themselves in that area. So thank you for all the work that you do. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. A lot lot of heart, passion, energy goes into it, right? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) And you can tell literally every single time you're like, man, this guy, what is this guy about? Which is why I really wanted you on the show, because you could tell that you are investing in other people. Sure, sure. So let's start there. So what would does investing in people mean to you? Um, investing in people is what I talk a lot about is alignment. So um, even though I'm a public speaking coach, you know, that works out well because of my acting background. A lot of my clients ended up calling me the alignment coach, the alignment guy. So as a martial artist, right, and just as uh, I'm very into balance and alignment, So, you know, I've got five children, and one of the things I always tell my children, the same things I teach my clients, is that 
you know, instead of putting more effort into something or using more strength, you know, pay attention to your angle. Pay attention to your angle. And so when it comes to alignment, you know, I produce a lot of content. I speak with a lot of people. It appears as if I, you know, create a lot of, um, I don't know, do a lot of work if you like, but it's in alignment. So I'm producing 10, 15 times the amount that I used to produce when I was just slightly out of alignment. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to investing in people, I certainly use the same thing. You want to theoretically, you know, make sure that where you're investing is going to give you a good ROI, a return on your investment. So um, I, my degree is in pre-medical excess physiology, and I used to be an excess physiologist. I was training people. And what happened was I, I wanted to train people health-wise who really needed, who I felt really needed my help, people who either had diabetes or had joint pain or just had issues like that. And I just knew that if they can get healthy, that their whole life would be different. Their whole lives would be better. And what ended up happening is I continually attracted these fit people. I attracted soldiers and um, I trained Miss America. And she was obviously top fit. She won. She got one in swimsuit. And that was cool. But I really cared about people that I felt really needed my help. And I just felt like if you're already looking that good, like you're, you're fine. Um, but the, the painful, but cool thing that I still apply to this day and that I teach my clients is that, you know, it's people, they're going to help themselves up to a certain point. You can't help people that don't want, um, to help themselves. A lot of people want to be rescued, um, for a short amount of time, but that never works. And so when it comes to investing in people, one of the gigantic, the biggest things that I pay attention to is investing in people who are either already helping themselves, um, are willing to help themselves, and are on this quest to help themselves. And I found that those types of people are just such a pleasure for me to work with, and they're the ones that really get the most, the, just the biggest results in life and working with me. I love that. And I love that you start out with alignment because that is one thing that I am a hundred percent always trying to be right. Always trying to be in alignment. So tell me about your stage, if you will, how you started off as a, a doctor and then become a, an actor. And now you're a speaking coach. Sure. So my degree is in pre-medical excess physiology. So I, I finished my pre-med degree and I'm preparing for medical school, but, um, as I was doing uh, research for the medical school, preparing for the MCAT, which is the exam for medical school, uh, one of the schools I was looking at was called School of Medicine. And the crazy thing is a lot of them are, I just don't really like medicine. I love the body a lot, and I'm mm -hmm. fascinated with it, and I think it's amazing. But I'm not really into just medicine. I'm not against it, but I'm not, I'm not really into it, if you like. So... I realized I don't really want to learn more about drugs. I, want, I, I like the body. So then I began to look at Chinese medicine, which was around for thousands and thousands of years. And um, around that time, I was in Oklahoma at that point, And I sort of, I didn't have to, but I felt this need to either focus on acting or go to medical school. And at that point, 
I chose acting. It gave me joy. It gave me passion. I knew that, you know, again, I wasn't having to worry about all the things I don't like with medicine. Um, I was already happy with what I knew about the body. And uh, I continued to focus on, on acting. So I knew I wanted to direct and produce. And I, um, I connected with the director of, the, of, the, of Children of the Corn and the producer of the Godfather trilogy. And I went and I, and I found out that they were in the area and I approached them and I said, hey, I, I want to shadow you because I want to be a director. Mm. And then they said, okay. And they let me come into their classrooms and I met their students. And that started a lot of different, different things for me, which um, I can get into at some point. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, but at this point, when I was a sophomore in college, a film came to the area, and it was called Radio with Cuba Gooding Jr. and Ed Harris. Mm-hmm. And Alfre Woodard, which I didn't know her name at the time, um, but I, I recognized her face. And she is the new, uh, Ni- Ni- I think her name is Nairobi. Can, is it Nairobi? Yeah, in, in The Lion King. Okay. And I, had the, I auditioned for that film, and then I had to go through several different auditions, and I made it as a featured extra role there as a basketball player. And then I was able to audition for, for a SAG speaking role in there. And from that point on, I went and I got an agent. Mm-hmm. And then there, I decided I wanted to try theater as well, because a lot of the film actors kind of didn't poo-poo theater, but the theater actors would poo-poo film. So I said, well, let me see what's going on with both myself. So then I went and auditioned for theater, and I got uh, cast as the lead. First time ever auditioning. I was like, whoa. Wow. I mean, for the Hollywood film, I guess it's the first time ever, too. But either way, this was flowing. Right. Uh, certainly alignment, right? Right. I was just going to say that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So then I, uh, I got the lead, but then it turned out they gave me the lead in four of the shows that were playing at the same time. So the crazy thing is I never memorized the line. I didn't know how to memorize lines. I didn't know how to do anything. I didn't know what stage direction meant, but I, I jumped in. And then uh, I got that lead. That that went really well. And um, I went out to Obama, met the director and the producers, and... I started asking questions, and some of the students said, man, this guy really knows what he's talking about. And I didn't, but I, I knew I had good questions. I mean, I knew what I was going for, and that caused them to want to cast me in their films. So then I started to act in their films, and um, I then directed a short film myself with one of the students. They're a very, very wonderful guy named Travis, and that film played on, on television at the time, and then got picked up at a few film festivals. From there, um, you know, I, I had an agent as well, but I did another theater show, and then I moved down to Dallas, Texas, because I knew the industry was uh, was good there, the agents were bigger, but I didn't want to go out to Hollywood, because I feel like everybody goes up to Hollywood. So if everybody's doing one thing, I always say do literally probably the opposite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's part of my my part of my impact system, the C part, which we can get into later. But uh, so, so I continued to do that. And um, at that point, you know, I got on prison break and I did a lot of some other films and, and television things, commercials and voiceovers for Cartoon Network and motion capture for video games, a lot of really cool, fun experiences and theater and musical theater. And uh, I ended up moving out east, which I'm in Maryland now. I do Maryland, New York, D.C. most frequently. And a Fortune 500 company, uh, saw some of my work that I did, and they wanted me to film their innovation things. Mm. So I traveled on North America filming with one of the companies that started um, 
uh, innovation films and commercials. From that point, uh, another startup company found me who I helped get on Shark Tank. And then from there, I, I started, I, I did my own short film that got into a film festival here in Baltimore. And then um, I continued to write. And right now, what I'm writing, producing, directing, and created is a really cool project that's trademarked right now, being copywritten right now, and being prepared for Broadway and other performances, as well as a book and then and then film. And one of the films that I produced a couple of years ago is called The Nino, and it got picked up by the Wick Company, which is like um, the John Wick movie with uh, mm-hmm. Keanu Reeves. Mm-hmm. That production company picked up this film to do a full feature on it. And the creator director of that project that I produced, I was speaking with him about what I've just written, turning that to a film as well. So um, it's very, very, very powerful. This thing that I wrote, um, and it's about it's about mindset positivity, but it's really um, a really whimsical character that I characterize as between Harry Potter and then like Schmeagle kind of, and um, the BFG. So that's kind of what this show is. So that's that's that. Wow. Wow. Amazing, amazing journey. And yeah. I, I love, so I, we're going to come back to that, but I definitely want you to talk on your impact system. And I love how you really just kind of kept trying, right? And kind of exploring what was in alignment for you. And you really just was like, hey, what's out, out there? And let me try it. You totally stepped out of your comfort zone. So these are all things that I actually speak on. So I speak about taking, stepping out of your comfort zone, mindset, alignment. So again, this is why we connected, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, I know that everything is so, sounds so easy, right? <laughs> and yet we know there are lots of obstacles that you've had to overcome. Right. So is there anything that you would like to share with us as, a, as an obstacle that you had to overcome? Yeah, horrible, horrible obstacles. Um, and, you know, with the heart of encouraging people listening to this, I mean, one of the big things, I'll tell you about the impact system, but in the impact system, the A stands for adversity. And I feel like there's a lot of courses and things that don't really address this part. And it's just life. Life just hits you super duper duper hard most of the time. And there are, there are, Making money is so easy. It's so easy. But life is so not. And so right. <laughs> it's like like literally I have the stupidest cable right here. It's not even an iPhone cable, I think this one, and I've got another I got anything can make money. Styrofoam things that block sound behind me here my in my podcast area. Paper like it just doesn't matter. Make there's so many so a lot of people will chase after the idea, hey, I think it's lucrative. Anything is lucrative if it's in alignment with you. Mm, definitely. <laughs> it's like, this, and then someone's like, just buy low, sell high. Like, it's not rocket science. But what is very, very hard is your own mindset in, in not giving up. Make sure it's in alignment with you. So, um, so, so that's this. So with the adversity, oh my gosh, I had, I had just times where I didn't have a quarter for sure um, because I I needed to, there was a car that was given to me and I, it was a V8. So it really drank the gas. Um, I believe I might've had, 
I don't know how many miles I had on the car to be able to get me there and back because it was a nice car, but it um, I had enough gas in there to get there and back, but I didn't have a quarter to pay the toll at the time that was down the street. Wow. And I needed to get to an audition in order to have the chance to possibly book it, to have the chance to possibly have the money. Right. And I remember just going through my cushions, looking for maybe there's a quarter there. And um, I found I might have found a dime, may have found a penny. And then I continued to look at cushions. I was shaking out sheets. And at some point, I think it wasn't a pocket. Uh, I, I might have gotten another 15 cents. And a lot of times people say, man, I, did, I don't have any money. Yeah, you got like a hundred dollars or fifty dollars. Like when I say I didn't have money, like it was really didn't have any any anything. Mm. And um, the crazy thing too is I, I'm an entrepreneur, so I've always been an entrepreneur my whole life. I've never had a job. I remember when I was sixteen, I, my sister had the jobs, so I, she's older than me. So I, I thought it was really cool, and so I was like, man, I want to, I want to do that. And I was in high school, and there was Best Buy. And I really like electronics and, and screens and theater and stuff like that. And headphones. I like headphones a lot. Very serious about headphones. And so um, I wanted to work there. So my father let me apply, and I got the job. And I think after three or four days, my father said I, had, I needed to quit. Mm-hmm. And he said, I played football, basketball, and track in high school. And he said he just wanted me to like be a kid. Mm-hmm. He said, just he said, you have the rest of your life, man, to just do that stuff. Don't worry about money. Don't do that. Just just play. Just be a kid. And so um, I was a little bit sad, you know, but I left. And so that was my three or five days or something. I, mean, I did a very good job for those couple of days. <laughs> but um, I'm glad he did that, you know. Um, that point on, I was independent contracting and, you know, doing entrepreneurial things. But the having to learn how to create my own money is something that I've always done and always had to do. So I never was able to sit still and get paid. You know what I mean? Like I always had to figure out how can I create value? How can I create something that other people want to give me money for? You know, how can I make it interesting? Um, and I had to do that from a place of having like less than any money. And so um, one of the things I talk a lot about is money doling the senses. Sometimes when people get money, they get they they forget how to stay creative, and that's a problem, you know, in and of itself that you want to be be careful about. But that that was a big um, adversity there, and couldn't pay rent for sure. They're about to evict um, me and my wife at the time, and we couldn't pay the car payments. So they were going to, uh, uh, to you know take the car, and that I remember that day happened and. They were, I don't know, I had a day. I think I had a day or maybe two days before they were going to come take the car. And the car was the only way that I had a chance to possibly get some other work that was slightly further away. But I could barely pay gas and I couldn't play tolls anyways. Um, and then I was about to get evicted from the home. But I still had like 14 days. It was just, it was just that's what it was. And then I remember I said, hmm, um, yeah, I'm not letting that happen. So I opened up the phone book. This is a number of years ago. So phone book was a thing right and i opened it up and i just chose a name and it was three miles away so i had enough gas to get there and back i went to this person's house to just knock on the door and i started selling and uh i do know how to make people um you know get healthy exercise Mm -hmm. so i created this thing 
of training people in their own homes. I couldn't pay the money to have a membership at the gym to be able to bring clients to train there. <laughs> so I had to come up with what is it that I do have? Well, I didn't have any money to get weights. So I had to really pay attention to body weight training. Mm. So because that's what, that's what we have. Right. At least have a body. So, um, so I pitched them, and before I left, that three hundred dollars, not three hundred dollars wow. that time, is the equivalent of like six, seven, eight thousand dollars now. Um, so I left about forty minutes later with three hundred dollars, and I was like, "Got it." So I was able to make the car payment, and then I went and I did it again like over the next couple of days, and I got two or three more clients again. Wow. Um, and so then I paid my rent, and um, just having to get get through that and the story continued to snowball you know I, in that town I didn't know I was very ignorant I guess to these things and I didn't know how people got on billboards mm. um, and I just saw this guy's face on a billboard and I saw a guy's face, the same guy's face on another billboard I was like who is that guy how does he get on the billboards because I'm supposed to be on that billboard <laughs> and then so I found out what his name was where his office was and I went and knocked on the door again to his office. <laughs> and I said, um, hey, how you doing? Very, very beautiful, nice guy. I'm still friends with him to this day. And um, I said to him, hey, how do you get on the billboard? And we just started talking. And about, and he had, a, it was his office. So he had, I don't know, 30, 40 employees or something like that. There's a big office. And about 30 minutes later, I left. And with him as a client and all 27 of his employees. Wow. So, wow. so, so I, I think, you know, in addition to not giving up, I do know how to speak. I do know how to sell. I do know how to present myself in a way that is interesting, um, which is what everybody has. You know, I was at this dinner a couple of, I don't know, months ago at this point, and this person said, tell me about yourself. You're so interesting. And I said, well, tell me about you. You're also interesting. And he was. He was very interesting to me, too. He said, no, nah, I'm not interesting. It's just, it's just, and he said all these things that were, it's just. And I was thinking, like, if you knew how to tell your story, you would be remarkably interesting. You just don't know how to say it. But you are super interesting. And everybody has whatever they need. They're sitting on it. I said, each one of my clients, you don't know how much money how much money you're sitting on. I mean, if I told you the examples of what's happening with things that I wrote that I turned into, you know, five plus figures just like overnight, just by realizing something, <laughs> it's crazy. So if you could just figure out how to leverage that and to realize what you're sitting on, it's it's not even an arm's length away from you. Mm-hmm. So, um, Anyways, those are a few stories of the some, some difficulties. There's plenty more. <laughs> <laughs> I thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being vulnerable and sharing all of your adversities with us, or at least a few adversities with us. You're welcome. You're welcome. So one of the things that you kind of touched on, but you didn't really go into detail with it. So I'm going to kind of dive in there. One of the things. So I've been a grew up being a telemarketer. And then I became a hairstylist. And what I really learned is you have to invest in other people. And there's pain in your, there's purpose in your pain. Your, your pain is your product. So what you did is you created something because you had a pain point, right? And you're like, okay, what can I create? 
And then you went out into the world and you in kind of thought about, okay, what do people really need? People talk about products and their business, but what they fail to realize is we're all in the people business. Right. Most, sure. most entrepreneurs think about their actual product. And it's like, yeah, but you're really in the people business. So as a entrepreneur, you really looked at, okay, what do these people need? How can I invest in them? Right. Yeah. Right. And so by doing that, you got rewarded, right? We get, you get paid. Right. Yeah, that's amazing. So good job. And, and that's such a beautiful story. Like, like you said, yeah. you can literally sell anything. You can take anything and make money. But it's really about when you started creating something that was in alignment with who you are and what yeah. you valued. When you really started to invest in yourself and really started to peel away the layers and go, hey, what can I do? Because I have a gift. And that's something else I don't think we all realize, especially as entrepreneurs, but we have a gift. And what is it that we're giving? What is it that we're offering? So, yeah. I mean, the speaking that I do now, I was on my way up to Philly to, um, because of all the films that I've created, it's, it's, it's not much effort for me to create, you know, my own films. Mm-hmm. I was on my way up to Philly to create, and I think I was going to create a marketing thing just to tell people, here are the steps that you need to do you know, for marketing. And I don't, I, I, I love people. And so, um, you know, I created something that helps to understand human behavior, which helps with marketing, which helps with selling and sales. So I was on my way up there to just talk about that. And I saw this quote by Warren Buffett, the billionaire. Mm-hmm. And he said that public speaking is the number one skill to acquire in order to increase your career value by more than 50%. So I said, what? Wow. I said, hold on. Public, I said, because... I'm very comfortable public speaking, mm-hmm. um, and as an actor, that's a great segue as far as sellability goes, right? right? People think or assume, hey, you're an actor, you must be able to speak, which is sometimes true, sometimes not. Right. Acting is different, but it's it's a selling, it's a way to angle it. So I said, wait a second, that's a really, I, I, and I, I love, I like speaking, and if I could help people, and if it's the number one fear that people have, like in the world, uh, and I'm not afraid of that, then mm-hmm. I can help. Tons of people. So on the way up there, I, I started writing and I wrote a whole different course. And the whole course that I wrote was the basis of, you know, my company, company now, which is helping people to public speak. And um, I, I, I just realized that how much speaking, everything that I accomplished came back down to that interaction with another person. With that moment where I was public speaking, when I went into his office and I came out with twenty six people, people called it a sales thing, but that was a public speaking moment. When I had to audition, when I was terrified, that was public speaking. When you had to act, that's public speaking. Mm-hmm. This interview is public speaking. A lot of people want to be popular on, on uh, social media, but you got to get in front of a video. You can't public speak in front of the video. Well, it's not really going to work right. so well. So, um, yeah. So, so that's really what started focusing, me focusing on that, realizing that was the one spot is the interaction with another person. Mm-hmm. Um, and that got me to this point. And then there, there, there are pains. There were areas of my life where like really subtle things, things that I'll, I'll talk about in California coming up. Um, by the time this is out, you know, it'll be spoken about. But um, just personal things 
things. You know, I was going through a very difficult relationship, like, like a divorce, mm-hmm. and I just wasn't able to speak up. I wasn't speaking up. Yes. And I went through just years of that. And then finally having to, it's like I, was, I could talk over here, I could speak over there, but I wasn't using my voice. I wasn't really sharing what was inside of me. And it was just killing me. And so after that, you know, we went through a very difficult divorce. And at one point, you know, this is probably one of the one of the first spots of sharing, but one of my sons was was abused. And we had to go to court um, for it. And I remember going to court and, and you know, there was so much of life that shifted and changed at that point. And the cost of attorneys and this and then stopping my business to focus on my children at the time, the three three boys. I've got five now, but um that was happening. And not five boys, three boys, two girls, but um I remember going to court and <laughs> this is a pivotal moment. This is when I became the king of public speaking. <laughs> like this is my moment. And I I couldn't afford any more an attorney for this for that particular thing. And my previous attorney like bowed out like a like a month before. And usually the judges won't let that happen because then you're leaving the civilian or you know the, the person hanging. Uh, which is a first world cool privilege that we have here in America that they even care <laughs> that the, the law supports that. It's not mm-hmm. something they take advantage of mm-hmm. um, or take for granted. But um, that happened. So, so she bowed out. Then I found this random attorney friend of mine who was like, I'll show up. Um, but that ended up being wonky. And the night before, this is the night before the case was going to go, I got a free um, consultation with an attorney. And I went into him, I had 45 minutes, and I said, listen, I need you to teach me everything that you learned in law school in 45 minutes. Everything that you learned. Wow. And, and so I got my notepad out, and he was so gracious and so kind. And his, and his name is Tommy, and to this day, he, he's a life changer. Investing in people, he invested in me mm-hmm. by giving me that for he like, yeah. and even more than me investing in people, like he invested in me. The guy that I walked out with, his name is Jay. That day, he invested in me. You know, and if I want to think about the gratitude that I have towards people that invested in me, mm-hmm. so where is why I am here today. There's so many people that believed in me and invested in me, yeah. and he gave he gave me just the most powerful 45 minutes, and I left. And I was like, oh my gosh. So then, as I got out. I got a call from that attorney that was going to show up there with me the next day. And he said, by the way, I'm not going to show up there with you. And I was like, what? And he said, I can't because like your case is way complicated and it's horrible. And I'm not going to do that. He says, but there was a, there was a problem on the record. So they're not going to let me out. So I need you to tell them to let me out. I was like, what? So first of all, this guy is like not being too based on me, but like throwing just my whole world in my lap. Right. So, the next day comes, I I think I didn't have a car. Also, the money was gone, right? But at the same time, I was I had enough money to, to like, lift there. I was 30 minutes late, which looks horrible, 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 horrible. I walked in, though, with the same stuff that I teach my clients today. I've helped people with court cases. I've helped people stage. Honestly, like, it's, because of what I've gone through, there's nothing that is, uh, like, difficult. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. I walked, you know, with, with and I've dealt very horrible situation, whatever, it all works, this whole thing works, I walked in with just confidence, boom, 30 
30 minutes late, this judge is staring at me, the other opposing counsel, right, is there. And I walk in, and the attorney that's trying to leave my case is there, and he's looking at me like crazy. The judge starts, and she says, all right, let's start this case. So then I, I didn't, I was like, uh, I, I want to postpone. She's like, whoa, calm down. First off, we need to deal with all these other orders of business. The long story short is I had to release my attorney before I was sure if she was going to make me personally go through my scheduled three-day trial on my own. And so I didn't know what was going to happen. You know, it's one thing to know that I wouldn't have to be alone and then let him go, but I had no assurance. I had no security. I had I had to let him go before I was sure of if my whole world was going to fall apart. I was going to lose my sons. Like it was, I had to let him go at that point. And I had to take a risk on myself. I had to take a chance on myself, not knowing the next step, which is entrepreneurship 101, right? Yeah. So, and this is life. Again, yeah. this is not like business, investing, money is is nothing compared to right. <laughs> So I ended up saying, let him go. And he looked at me like, thank you. And he scurried out of the courtroom. And then she said, okay, we're going to proceed with this trial, this three-day trial. I'm not a seasoned whatever attorney. She's going to make me do this on my own, given all the things. So I said, your honor. Uh, and I had to speak up. And I had to tell her what I told her. And she she looked at me and she, she told me basically all the reasons I was irresponsible and there's no way that she's going to give me what I asked. She closed the book and she said, we're going to proceed. Now, given there's some other things that happened on the other side where my son got abused and other people were involved, it was, you know, they, they were found for other things too. And I spoke up again. Now, again, I had to not only not let this attorney have my voice, had to send me going, no one was going to represent me except myself. My voice, again, I had to speak up. And so I said, your honor. She looked up and I, and I just went and it just flowed out of me. <laughs> and I all poured out. It was power, conviction, clarity, logic. It was built. And I let her know that she needs to give me what it is that I'm asking. There's no other possible outcome. She listened to me. She opened up her book and granted it to me. And I, my eyes were physically huge, and inside it was physically huge. And I walked out, and I and I I say now I can believe it, but I couldn't believe it this happened. And um, I was able to go and retain one of the top attorneys, and things really turned around. And um, you know, I've got got my sons, I've got my children, I've got my family. And uh, but that day, I found my voice like once and for all. And I said, I need to help other people have this in whatever area of life they need to be able to speak with this confidence. So, yes. that's, that's right. <laughs> uh, wow, wow, wow. So I know that it's a, a video taping, but I am literally crying and tearing up. It, <laughs> the story is so, well, one, inspiring. And it's so familiar to me. And you don't even know this. But I wrote a book called How to Get Your Voice Back. <laughs> yeah, and I actually went through an abusive relationship and felt the same way. Like I didn't have, I didn't have a voice, and I didn't even know how to speak about it. I didn't even know how to tell people that I was in an abusive relationship, and yet I knew that at some point I would need to. 
I would need to share my story, need to tell how I healed. Um, because that's the other thing I learned is that when you talk to people who have been um, abused or have been in a difficult relationship, they talk about what they went through. They don't talk about what they did to heal. Wow. Whoa. Okay. Right. And so I talked to, I, so I really wanted to focus on, uh, let's talk about the healing part because we've all been treated like crap at some point in our right. life, right? So right. let's focus right. on how we can heal. Let's focus on what we can do to move forward. And so I really just started like taking mental notes of all the steps that I had went through. And one of the things I did was take Krav Maga, actually. And, ah, okay, okay. Right. I'm Jewish, so I, I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. And so one of the, it, it was just so liberating. And to have this like power that was instilled in me and my, my instructor, my, my coach, my Krav Maga coach was so amazing. He is tough on the outside, and yet at the core of it, he's like, you're doing such a great job. And I just needed that one person, like you said, to pour into me, to give yes. me the confidence to go, okay, I can do this. And right. Right. Through, through that, I uh, t- even though I was taking care of, unfortunately, both my parents who were dying at the time, and I wrote a book, and I started a co- coaching business, and I launched a speaking business, and <laughs> yeah. And it's all that stuff that you continue to do, even though you're going through so much hardship. And yet you still have the will to work, continue to move forward. Right. And that's what causes this explosion of alignment, which is the perfect word, perfect word for it, for, for what you're doing and for what I've done. That's crazy. That's that's the that's the big thing right there. It's like people think like you just you're coasting and you're sitting there and you just have this idea. But like if we knew the horrible, horrible, horrible pains that out of which these things grow. Yes. You know, and then so much. I think a lot of people are spending so much time and energy avoiding certain pains. Which again, if you could avoid pains, great. But you know, avoiding those pains. Those are the very things that the greatness can come out of. I mean, Elon Musk, the billionaire now with Tesla, I love Tesla, and um, he was sleeping on the couch after he got paid for, for PayPal. Right. You know, but like people looking at him, you know, he wasn't worried about the criticism, the judgment, or, hey, you're not responsible with your money, or, hey, why are you sleeping on the couch, right? It's like, after you just dealt with that company, right? But these, these pains, it's like, you, you go through them. If you can make it through those things, and you keep going, and you don't stop, then some greatness will be there for you. Yes, yes, yes. Wow. So, JB, this is why we're friends. I'm just going to say that. (laughs) (laughs) And and I love that you've talked about so many things, and we're going to get to your impact system in just a minute. We are talking to JB Behay from Prison Break. He is now a speaking coach and just has such an incredible, powerful story. And so I know that one of the things that you're doing is really helping people find their voice and share their story as a speaking yeah. coach. And you have this incredible system that's called impact system. Am I correct in that? Yes. Right. That's right. Yeah. So care to share anything that you want to talk about with that. I would, we would love to hear it. Great. Somebody from my sales team, she said, um, well, what do you, what do you like do? And I was like, you know, I help people and they feel really good after. She's like, okay, cool. Like, how do you do that? I was like, well, you know, I get on the call with them and then I feel out what they need. <laughs> She's like, great, but like, what do you do? I was like, well, I don't know. Each time it's different. Every person is an individual, so I don't know. People deal with like 
like you're saying, like abuse. Some people just deal with money problems. They deal with a lot of different things. I don't know. She's like, well, in order for me to sell it, uh, I need you to help systemize what it is that you do. I said, oh, okay. Um, let me let me just think. So about 20 minutes later, I create. I write really well, so I, I like writing. Yeah. <laughs> I had to early things. So um, so about 20 minutes later, I had this whole thing, and it's called impact because at the end of the day, this is what she was saying. Do people want to create more impact? That's such a good point. Yeah, people want to leave the world having created an impact. They want to speak with impact. They want to leave impact on somebody. I said, okay, great. So then I went through what it is that I typically do with people. And then and put it to that. So impact, the first letter is I. And that's getting in alignment. Mm-hmm. So then the number one thing, again, is getting in alignment. Because so many people have a lot of skills and talents and things they're good at, want to do, thinking about doing, have the possibility to do. And, again, theoretically, they could all work. But which one is in alignment? So um, after the first week and after the first week or two, the person already begins, it's typically after the first 45 minutes, but after the first week or two, we really spend time getting in alignment so we know where we're going next. The, the, it's a six to eight week program. So the next one is M, like like mom, mm-hmm. from Mark. And what that means is just setting the mark. A lot of people set their mark or their goal when they're not in alignment. So what happens is the reason so it's such a bad cycle is that they have this goal and if they end up getting there, they may not be happy because it was set when they weren't in alignment. And that's horrible because that's years later. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's the mark and why that's important after they're getting in alignment. Then the next one is P and those are for patterns. These are gigantic. So we're looking at subconscious behavior, subconscious um, literally physical activities, mental statements and words. These are, you know, 92%, 92, 95% of your day and life is being governed by subconscious beliefs, mm-hmm. thoughts, habits. So we look at is what are the habits and patterns that are getting us away from our goal? What are the ones that we need to incorporate to get us towards the goal? So we look at patterns there. The next one is A for adversity. And usually around this time, everybody on work with, they're going to experience some kind of adversity. And what happened? The, the crazy thing is you can experience a difficulty because you should not be going in that direction, or you can experience a difficulty because you aren't going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. The problem is that some people tend to misdiagnose. Mm-hmm. So if you experience an, a problem because you're going in the right direction, a lot of people stop, pause, and go back. Right. And that's horrible. Right. It's very logical and very normal because as humans, we don't like pain. Yes. So what happens is when something gets difficult, we, we think, you know, logically, uh-oh, something's wrong because it's what pain usually means. And then we back up to where it's not painful, to where it's comfortable. Well, the problem with that is that's not where your growth is, right? And that's not where your dreams are on the other side of. So that's the adversity we start to figure out, no, 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 this is the one that you want to push through. And this is the one that is a problem. We got rid of that already. This is the one you want to push through. Mm-hmm. The next one is C. Uh, C stands for competition. It's one of my favorite parts because there's three parts to this. It's one, one what is everybody, what is everyone else doing? Number two, what is everybody else doing? Number three, what is everybody else doing? And what this means is, what is everybody else doing means what's trending, what's happening right now, what's working. And that just tells you where people are culturally mm-hmm. or even according to the, the decade Mm-hmm. or even century that you're in, how are people interacting with whatever it is that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Then, what is everybody else doing? Because you don't want to do what everybody else is doing, right? Mm-hmm. You, you don't, if you're doing that, what's the point of 
working with you. So how can you, what are you doing that's a way that's set, set apart from what everyone else is doing? And the third thing of what everyone else is doing is what are people doing outside of your industry that you can then incorporate, bring into your own industry? So I remember when I was making films, I still make commercials sometimes for certain companies. I remember going to a National Geographic conference, you know, whereas other people in my industry were making these commercials were going to that industry's conference. So I was like, well, I'm certainly not going there because everybody's going there. I'm going to go to National Geographic. Mm-hmm. And then I applied what I learned in National Geographic to what I was doing, and it made my stuff look crazy. Like, what? That's crazy. That's cool. That's amazing. Because I applied it outside thoughts, what it is that I was doing. It, made, it gave it a twist. And then the final part is, is T for techniques. Mm. And this is the like the easiest, smallest, least important thing. You know, it's the technique of public speaking. You know, I, I've had to memorize thousands and thousands of words and pages and hours of scripts. So there are techniques that work and ones that don't. And there there is a way to um, uh, um, create an impact on the crowd or audience that you're speaking to, and also a way to lose their attention. So those techniques um, you want to learn and then we, we go through that um, there's a way to present on camera there's a way to not present on camera there's, and, and it's based off of everything that we covered in the previous six weeks um, so like for example saying um like it doesn't really matter so like if you go on YouTube like do this with your hands or don't do this with your hands don't say um do say this memorize your script it's like you know it might be seven percent of the overall picture like it just really doesn't matter but we cover that on the T and then um you, we usually have like a week or two left, and at that point, we're really just honing in on how to turn those ideas that you had into reality, take action on it, and create a, a form of consistency to keep you going. So that's the impact system. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And is it a one-on-one coaching, or is it a group coaching? Yeah, right now it's one-on-one. I, I have space for around three three or four clients a month um, that I'm comfortable you know, spending that time with. Okay. Uh, but... As the demand keeps on going up, I'm having we're, we're moving to a, um, a group coaching gotcha. model, mm-hmm. which is which is super super fun and cool. Um, but that way, I'll be able to handle more people. But uh, but right now, on a one on one basis, I think that's around three or so people. And so, how many openings do you have right now for three or four people? Um, right now, I've got two. Two openings. Yeah. Okay, got it. So, yeah. with that, where can people connect with you for to know more information about that? Sure, you can go on Instagram at JB the Speaking Pro uh, on Instagram, and then you can also oh go to jbthespeakingpro.com. Gotcha for the web. Great, and that's where we connected was Instagram, and I love. Right. And you put out a daily. Is it a daily uh, Instagram live? Yeah, so I, so I was going live daily, and I, for the past maybe five days or so, um, I even. I was fixing the algorithm within my Instagram to figure out how we're going to move forward because I ended up also going live in the Philippines on the separate Philippine, Philippine app. And the, the creators of that app found me and featured me within like the first week. So I was like, whoa, okay, hold on. How can I leverage my time? And either do both at the same time mm-hmm. and the same way I can learn that platform mm-hmm. and that clear what was happening there. So, and at the time too, I was working out because we were doing noon for several months and then I tried nine and that worked well in the evening. So the day, the JB Daily Live is the coolest thing and it is a podcast as well. So I really shifted towards making sure the JB Daily Live is live on the podcast. It's in the iTunes store called J, iTunes Podcast. Yeah, called um, the JB Daily Live. 
And on Instagram, you'll see the Jamie Dady Live or stories that are posted as well. Um, and always, I'm always announcing like when it is, but we were doing it, Jamie Dady Live at noon Eastern. Welcome to the Jamie Dady Live at noon Eastern, US Standard Time, coming in from around the world, from the West Coast to the East Coast, from China, Russia, Europe, Africa, South America, North America. Welcome in. Let us know where you're coming in from when you pop on. That's how you usually do it, right? Awesome, now. awesome. Yes, that's exactly how you usually do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, it has just been an honor and a pleasure to be able to, like, really uh, speak with you other than uh, through your Instagram live. So I appreciate your time that you've spent with us. And I have yes. one last question for you. Yep. So what for words, phrase, scripture, or mantra are you living by right now? Present. Being present in the moment and don't delay. Don't delay. When you're present you're in the moment, you feel that you're supposed to go in a direction or make a phone call or send a text message or respond or, or just take an action, do not delay. What you want to do is take action immediately. Whatever it is, don't even theoretically think about the what ifs afterwards. Be present and take action. No delay. Oh, I love that. Take action, no delay. That's perfect. That's perfect, but perfect. Well, again, thank you, JB, for being here. Really appreciate your time. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I really also appreciate your per your per perseverance, your persistence, reaching out to begin with, and us making this happen. So thanks a lot. Thank you. So thank you for listening to the Power and Investing in People podcast. Our mission is that you will be inspired to invest in yourself first and then the people around you. Why, you may ask? When we share our own lessons learning of overcoming adversities, we ignite a tiny spark of hope, love, connection, and community in other people. And when we ignite that spark, the whole world lights up. And that's the power of investing in people. Are you looking for an inspiring and energetic speaker or host for your special event? Do you wish to have more confidence, more love, and more accepting of yourself? And you're curious about how to work with me one-on-one? -on -one? Or are you looking for a brainstorming and visionary consultant on how to grow your business? When your answer is yes then I invite you to send me an email at heyshay at shaysparks.com. That's H-E-Y-S-H-A at S-H-A-S-P-A-R-K-S dot com. Looking forward to hearing from you. show and it's people like you that make this show possible so we hope that you know you are appreciated don't forget to subscribe comment and share this podcast and when you want to continue the fun and conversation join my official community on the Shea Sparks Facebook page that's S-H-A-S-P-A-R-K-S on Facebook looking forward to connecting with you May your day be filled with the sparks of hope that ignites you to invest in yourself and the people around you. Why, you may ask? Because 
you are worth it.